you have to think sometimes why you are here tonight. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. It is not an incident or an accident. The favor of God is this. Or the blessing of God and the favor of God are, 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 are incredible. For his favor is an invisible state of being whereby his favor and his goodness is upon your life. Favor goes beyond tangible things. That means that when you were a sinner... When I was a sinner, when we were lost in the sauce, when we had no right to say nothing, the blessing of God was falling on the just and the unjust. It's like God is so good, he just couldn't help himself. And God was, 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 was just gracious on your behalf just to keep you and give you an opportunity to bow your knees and to know Jesus for yourself. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm happy about myself right now. Uh, I want you to open your Bibles with me. It's so good to see all of you tonight and we welcome you into the house of our God. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7 through 10 in the word of the Lord tonight and we're going to read that in just a moment this evening as I consider my assignment tonight. <clears throat> in the Gospels, one of the truths that Jesus sought to teach the disciples and the church is the power that accompanies prayer. I'm not necessarily preaching about prayer, just a component of prayer. There are things that God has settled in eternity and underlying the word things. I'm going to say the word things a lot. There are things that God has settled in eternity that he is waiting to manifest in time. There are decisions that God has already decided about your life. There are things that God has already preordained and foreordained and predetermined about you what he wants to do in your life God is not like us he is not reactionary he does not see a situation and begin to break out in panic attacks that is not God he is not a man that he should lie he is God he he sovereigns he super reigns he is God and so when you begin to when you begin to step into God's dimension you begin to understand that God is all 
already settled things in eternity. The Bible says that the thoughts I think toward you, says God. It means that God's a thinking God. The thoughts I think toward you, they're not thoughts of evil, but they're thoughts, amen, of peace to give to you a future. That means that every person in here tonight, you have a future in God. Amen. That God, amen, has divinely, amen, and he has marvelously created your life. You are not an incident. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. Amen. God knew you, amen, before you were even a twinkle in your daddy's eye. He knew you before you were a bleep on the monitor. He knew everything about you. And what's so spectacular about it is he still loves you. Oh, I might just preach myself happy. So, so what we learn in this, in this, in this truth is that, is that prayer becomes a conduit to release in time what God has already declared in eternity. Prayer literally pushes out what God has already determined, the things that God has already determined for your life. In our text, the writer, I mean, for us, reveals to us the method whereby we can manifest those things that God has deposited in our spirit. I want to preach a sermon I've entitled New Things. I want you to open your heart and your spirit with me tonight as we read this very familiar portion of scripture that people think is about heaven but it's not necessarily about heaven and you're going to see it tonight are you ready we're reading together we always are always reading concert and i say this if you can't read move your lips and read by faith and we're going to read this and we're going to consider this tonight on the count of three one two three but we speak the wisdom of god in a mystery even the hidden wisdom which god ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God had revealed them to us by his spirit, for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. My first thought is a platform for power. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus, verse 24, Jesus makes a statement that has shaken the church world. He says, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. This entire text lets us know that the manifestation of desires or the promises of God are released through prayer. When you pray, if you believe and receive them, when you pray, you shall have them. So what prayer does, it becomes a refiner for us. It purges, amen, what is from God and what is from our flesh. It reveals what God has already determined for us and the things, amen, that we want. Some of the things that we desire do not come from God. That's why you can pray and pray and pray and you never receive it. Because some of the things that you want, amen, do not come from God. God uses prayer to purge and refine in the fire what is 
of God. And so if we are honest, many things that we desire has nothing to do, amen, with God being glorified. The question is, how do we know what we have come from God? How do we know that God has called us to preach or that we're just moving by emotions and man is trying to get us to preach? How do we know that this is my woman or this is my man or they just look good to my eyes? How do we know that this thing is from God? How do we know that God, amen, has called us to such and such a thing? And so the truth of the matter is many are filled with regret today from manipulating the system on their own. Someone said you got what you wanted, but now you don't want what you got. Let me show you what I'm saying. Let me show you. The children of Israel were going through the wilderness. When they were in the wilderness, it seemed to be all right for a while. And then they began to complain. That's just something about us. We have a tendency to complain. And so the Bible says they began to murmur against the pastor and say, Moses, you have brought us out here to die. We can't believe you did this to us. You brought us out here and we're starving. We haven't had a good meal since we left Pharaoh's house and now we're out here amen in the briars amen in the bushes in the desert and we have nothing to eat we want some meat can we get a prime rib can we get something to eat man Bible says that Moses broke away and began to cry out to God. He said, God, the people are murmuring against me. They're complaining, God, will you not open up the heavens? Will you not meet their need? Will you not give them, amen, some, some food from heaven? Give them something that's going to sustain them, something that's going to stick to their ribs. And so the Bible says they went to sleep, but when they woke up in the morning, they saw some round things laying on the earth. Bible says they went to him and they looked at him and the Bible says they wished not what they were and they called it manna for they wished not what it was they looked at it and they said what is it and they said manna it's like this you can pray for something you can pray for a husband or wife and when you get them you say Lord what it manna <laughs> what, no, what 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 I thought, when you get it, you don't want it. This is, this is, this is, this is what we began to understand. What we learned from our text is this. You cannot receive it in the natural if you have not first received it in the spirit. This is how God moves in Mark chapter 2 verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sin be forgiven thee. When Jesus saw a spiritual dimension, when Jesus saw a man of faith, a vertical connection, then Jesus released a man, a natural or supernatural healing that was seen in the natural. You cannot have healing in the natural until you have healing in the spiritual. You cannot prosper in the natural until you prosper in the spiritual. Real prosperity and real blessing must first take place in a spiritual dimension. That which lasts, that which perpetuates from generation to generation has to first began in the spirit. In 3 John chapter 1 verse 2, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. So it first begins in the spirit. I'm going to show you what I'm saying. 
A woman is a wife before you put a ring on her finger. I'm going to let that sink in. A woman is a wife before you put a ring on her finger. Just because you put a ring on her finger doesn't mean that she is going to be a wife. I'll show you what I'm saying. Proverbs 18.22 gives us this scripture. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. When I found her, she was already a it was already inside of her the gift of being a wife was already inside of her the ring just simply manifested what God had placed inside of her so listen don't be going around just looking for people that look cute you better be looking for some qualities uh, because just because you stand up here and you go through all the little stuff don't mean too much Oh, when I found her, she was so wise. She already had it inside of her, amen, to be a servant, to want to be used by God, to love her husband. Somebody, can I get two witnesses in the house tonight? Stay with her. I'm just talking. I'm just talking. So, no, so, no, no, no. See, the truth, the truth of the matter is that God has placed things, say things, God has placed things inside of you that he wants to manifest in your life. The question is, how does it work? The basis of receiving anything from God is predicated upon faith. How do I get the kind of faith that enables me to change the trajectory of my life? In Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, or literally faith comes by hearing and hearing a word from God because when this scripture was written, the entire canon or Bible as we know it was not written. There was only bits and pieces. So when he says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, he is simply saying a word from God. And so we begin to understand this by Matthew 4, for Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That means that God is a speaking God. That's how our lives are changed. We come into the house of God and God by his spirit begins to speak to us. God begins to deal with us. When I was 18 years old and I got saved, it was the spirit of God that began to speak to me. It was God that began to draw me by his spirit. I did not see it with my eyes. I did did not necessarily hear it with my ears but down in my spirit God began to do a work that's how God moves in you that's how God delivers you it is by his spirit and a word that proceedeth amen out of the mouth of God in John 6 63 it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profited nothing the words I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life so here's how it works you as a believer, have the Holy Spirit. You have a spirit. You live in a body. You have a soul, but you are a spirit. You live in a body. You have a soul, but you are a spirit. And so I remember years ago, back in 1983, I got saved in 81, but in 83, Pastor Mitchell came to Tucson and he preached at a military rally and he said these words that forever changed my life. He says, and I never, I, I didn't understand it back then. He says, you are more spirit than you are flesh. That's what he said. And I wrote it down. It's still in my Bible today. More spirit than flesh. I'm like, huh? 
I was lost in the sauce. I didn't know what, nothing what he was saying. But today, I, I understand that stuff because you should be growing in God. You should be further in God today than you were yesterday. You should be more on fire today than you were yesterday. You should be more passionate and more in love with God today than you were yesterday. And so I began to understand that I live in a body. I have a soul, but I amen, am a spirit. In our original text, in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 3, verse 1, Paul is preaching to the church at Corinth. I said all that to say this. He's preaching to the church at Corinth, and he's trying to bring them, amen, the mysteries of God, the secrets of God, amen, that was previously hidden, now have been divinely revealed through Christ. He is trying to teach them, amen, about the omniscience of God, the all-knowing mind of God. He is trying to bring them into a new and living way and give them the deep things, if you will, of God. But he says these words to them. He says to them in, in verse 10 of the, of the scripture or 1 Corinthians 3, 1, Paul says, I could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal. I wanted to speak to you as unto spiritual because I said you are more spirit than you are flesh. He says, I wanted to speak to you as unto spiritual. I wanted to bring the word of God to you. I wanted to help you. I wanted you to increase in the knowledge of God. I wanted you to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. I wanted your life to be changed when you heard about the greatness of your God. He says, but when I came to you and I came to you with spiritual things, he says, you were carnal. He says, I wanted to bring to you, amen, the things of God. I wanted to bring to you the wonderful truths of God. He points out that the fact that many of us tonight are carnal Christians. What is he saying? The word carnal mind is the word sarkisko, and it means flesh-minded or meat-headed. <laughs> it means meat-headed. And it simply means it's those who are led by the flesh and not by the spirit. To be a carnal Christian means you make decisions through your flesh. This is what I'm saying. You operate by how it looks to your eyes, how it sounds to your ears, how it feels to your flesh. Whenever you respond to amen, your flesh over your spirit, you are carnal. For example, let me show you what I'm saying. You can be having a good day and all of a sudden somebody can say something to you that's out of the way all of a sudden inside of you amen something rises up and you say i'm gonna let them know i taught that class and you begin this you're carnal when you whenever you respond to something amen by you by the way you see things or the words you hear when someone says something and it ruins your whole day you are controlled amen by your carnal nature you are controlled when you see something and you are driven by lust you are controlled by carnality he says i wanted to bring to you the word of god he says but you were so carnal as soon as you heard something or you saw something all of a sudden you had to have it all of a sudden you start making decisions based upon the desires of your carnal nature 
Oh, stay with me, church. And she says, I wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to bring to you the things of God. What Paul is saying is what God is going to do for you will not come through your senses. What God is going to do for you is not going to come by the way things look. What God is going to do for you is not going to come by what's being said through the media. Listen, what God is going to do for you is not going to come, amen, through the politicians. What God is going to do for you is going to come by way of his spirit. That's how God moves in the earth. That's how he moves in his church. He moves by way of his spirit. He does not move through the carnal being. He does not move, amen, through your own strength. Does not move through human intellect. He moves by the way, amen, of his spirit. Oh, I feel God right now. Stay with me, church. Now, our text reveals this truth in 1 Corinthians 2.9. Are we back on? We back on? 1 Corinthians 2.9. Thank you, Jesus. But at Okay, now watch this text. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But as it, I has not seen, ears not heard. What's he talking about? The carnal. You ain't seen it with your eyes. You ain't going to hear it with your ears. You ain't going to fill it with your flesh. <laughs> the things that God the th say things the things that God has for his church it's not going to come by the way you might go out and you might see all kind of nonsense you may hear a bad report but God is not controlled by that amen he has his own economy he is God and God alone and so you begin to understand when he uses the word things we are moved from the spiritual dimension to the tangible dimension so what the writer is conveying is that things or answers first began in the spirit i'm gonna show you what i'm saying in hebrews 11 1 through 3 now when i say the word when i get to things i want you to say things okay now faith is the substance of hope for the evidence of not seen for by the elders obtain a good report through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of god so that the which are seen were not made of which do appear. Now look at it. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. I'm going to show you what I'm saying. I said that everything starts where? In the, no. In, in the where? In the spirit. Okay. Come here, uh, uh, Carolyn. Come here. Okay. Put your jacket on. Put your jacket back on. I, wanna, I need to use this as an illustration. Just come on up here, my sister. Mm -hmm. Now, she got a nice little peacoat on right here. Now, now, now I got to ask you a question. Where did this peacoat come from? Huh? From the store. Okay, I'm going to start it off. I'm, 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 I'm going to say it this way. Where did this peacoat start at? Where did it start at? Huh? Thing, okay, it, it is a thing. But where, where did this thing start? Wait, wait, wait. Raise your hands. So don't be, this is a participation sermon. Yes. No, he said factory. No. Huh? A plant? No. Field? No. A, th a thought. Listen, it started as a thought or a dream or a vision. It started in the spirit. So the things which are seen 
were not made of things which do appear. The things that God has for you are not going to come, amen, from things that you see. So God is saying this, if I can put a dream inside of you, if I can get you to get it, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you, come back up here, girl. She's trying to run away. Let me show you what I'm saying. Okay, 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 okay. Now this church, where did this church come from? Somebody had a vision. There was nobody here. There was nothing here, but somebody came with a dream, with a vision. And God says, if I can get you to dream, if I can put a vision inside of you, the things that you don't see, all of a sudden you will see it. Somebody give him praise. Thank you, my sister. Somebody give him praise. Stay with me, church. Oh, stay with me. And so, and so the idea becomes a drawing. The drawing becomes a pattern. The pattern becomes a coat. It did not start as a coat, but it started as a thought. God says, if I can get it in your spirit, I can manifest it in your life. So the scriptures tells us how we know. In verse 10, it says these words, but God had revealed them to us. By his spirit, for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. He says God reveals it to us by his spirit. So the spirit searcheth the deep things of God. See what the spirit is. See, the spirit is it's like a search engine. You know, Google and all that stuff. They got that stuff from God. Everybody gets stuff from God. It's, it's, you put stuff in Google and you hit search and, and, and it begins to pull that stuff that pertains to that thing that you're looking for. The spirit of God searches down into the vault of God and it begins to search into the deep things of God and it finds the things that belong to you and it takes the things that belongs to you and it puts it in your spirit then it leaves it up to you to believe and receive and pray for it and then you shall have it he puts it in your spirit and then you come to church and God begins to put something in your spirit I'm calling you to preach and you say I believe that God I receive that then you begin to pray and you begin to pray you might not see it the first year but you pray and pray and when you pray you shall have it that's why I love I love Christmas. I'm tell you why I love Christmas. I love a me and, me and Pastor. Let's always talk about we never get anything for Christmas. But I'm gonna tell you why I like Christmas when I go home. When I go home to Georgia, I love because my mama. See, mama knows her babies. Can I get a mama to say Amen? Mama, God bless mama. Mama, mama, mama know what I like. So when I go home, I know mama gonna hook me up. Nobody else might not do nothing for me. It don't make no difference. The devil is a lie because my mama. My mama, mama gonna hook up, she gonna hook her brother up. And so when I get there, when I get home, I'm, I open, I say, oh, mama. The spirit, the Bible says, the spirit of God knows the spirit of a man. He knows the thing that's for you. That's why you ain't got to be jealous of nobody. You ain't even got to try to act like nobody else. Because what's for you is for you. All you got to do is believe and receive. And when you pray, you shall have it. 
When you pray, if you believe it, it comes from God and you receive it. This is why we have revivals in churches. This is why God used Pastor Mitchell's life because God gave him a vision and he received that and he believed it. And you know what he did? He prayed and prayed and prayed. He prayed and he's still praying and he prayed and prayed. And we see it today because Jesus says, if you receive and believe when you pray, you shall have it. Stay with me. Stay with me, church. Stay with me. So the spirit that searcheth the deep things of God speaks to my spirit the things that God has for me. In Romans 10, 17, it makes sense now. For faith cometh by hearing and hearing a word from God. You thought it was this ear, but it is the ear of your spirit. In Revelations 2, 7, he that had an ear, let him hear what this spirit saith unto the church. This is a very powerful scripture. We read it and we just read, read through it. He that hath an ear, it simply means that everybody don't have an ear. Everybody has not developed a spiritual ear to hear what God is saying. Some people can hear God. I'll be writing some stuff and God starts speaking. I'll be like, oh my goodness, Lord, what you doing? You'll see Pastor Warren, he'll pull out his pen. He'll start writing stuff because he has an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. Bible talks about developing your sense of senses that you can discern between both good and evil. Oh, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. If I can get it in my spirit, it is only a matter of time before it is manifested in my life. There are things in your spirit that are waiting. That God has dropped, people have given you words. Words that come from God. And you just walk around like, well, I got another word. Well, I got another word. He that believes and receive it, when he prays, he shall have it. You get all these words, you walk around like a, like a, like a Rocky Mountain tick. You just walk around, got all kind of stuff in you. In the spirit, you know. <laughs> Stay with me, church. I'm going to show you what I'm saying, then we're going to pray. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1 through 2, we read a very powerful story. And we're going to read it in part, and then we just kind of jump from there to verse 41 through 45. And we're going to kind of read this, and then, I'm, then we're going to pray. Cheers. <laughs> Listen to the scripture. And it came to pass... After many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Okay. The word of the Lord, which represents what? Spirit. Thank you. Spirit. In the third year saying, go show yourself in Ahab and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself in Ahab and there was a sore famine in Samaria. Now here's the question I have for you. What was the word that God put in Elijah's spirit. What was it? No. He says it. Go back, brother. Go back. And go. What? I will send rain. I will send rain. So he put what in his spirit? Rain. He put rain in his spirit. He put. Think about this. God says, go 
so you tell him I'm going to send rain on the earth. And God spoke it into his spirit. Spirit to spirit. Huh? Okay. So Elijah, Elijah goes. He, he goes down to Samaria. And when he goes there and shows himself to Ahab, what does, what does, what does he see with his eyes? Huh? A famine. But God says there's going to be. As a matter of fact, Elijah probably said, Lord, in my spirit, I can feel, ooh, I feel the wind blowing. I feel the, oh, but, but when I look out with my eyes, all I see is people dying. All I see is people hungry and hurting God. So the Bible says from this point, he goes and begins to fight against the the 450 prophets of Baal. Because anytime God gives you a word, there's going to be spiritual conflict. You see what I'm saying? You got to, you got to fight. You got to, it ain't going to just come like that. You got to do some war. So the Bible says that he fought against the 450 prophets of Baal. He dealt with them. Wore them out, the Bible says. Bible says after this, him and, 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 and uh, Ahab go up to Mount Carmel, verse 41 through 45. Let's read this, watch this. And Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, but there is a sound of the abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, behold, there arise a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up and send Ahab, prepare that chariot, get thee down that the rain stopped thee not and it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain and Ahab rolled and went to Jezreel so here's the picture Bible says he takes him up the Carmel Bible says he says he, he tells Ahab he says Ahab I hear the sound of an abundance of rain he says tell me what you see on the top of the mountain Ahab said I, I, I look out I don't see nothing but Elijah said wait a minute he says down in my spirit I, I hear the sound of rain and the bible says he did something he threw himself on the ground what is that a picture of he says I believe it I receive it when I look out with my eyes I see nothing but I'm going to pray because God cannot lie it's a part of his immutableness amen he's unchanging he cannot lie if he says a word he'll bring it to pass if he told you he's going to do such and such a thing God will bring it to pass he threw himself on the ground he says go up seven times and tell me what do you see on the third time I don't see nothing I kept on praying. Down in my spirit, I feel rain, God. I feel the wind blowing. I look out, I see nothing. Fourth time, what do you see? I don't see nothing. Down in my spirit, I feel the rain, God. Feel, I hear the thunder and lightning, God. Yes, but when I look out, I don't see nothing. You may look at your marriage, you may see problems. You may see brokenness. You may see all kind of trials, but God God says it's got to begin in your spirit. Let me put a dream inside of you. Let me put a vision down inside of you. I'll show you how I'm moving the earth around. Down in my spirit, I hear sound of rain. Oh my God. So you got to listen. Listen. You can't, you can't, 
this man, this man was like, listen, man, I'm going to show y'all something. I'm going to show you how to do this. And he threw himself on the ground and he started praying. And he's, it's almost like he's saying, God, you told me it's going to rain. You told me it was going to rain. This is not something that I made up. You told me. And God, the devil is a liar. And he started praying and praying and praying. Because if you believe and receive, when you pray, you shall have it. God's told a lot of you a lot of things. He's going to do this and this and this. And some of you have been discouraged. If you believe and receive, when you pray, you shall have it. I'm going to save your children. I'm going to bring your children back. If you believe and receive, when you pray, you shall have it. I'm going to get you out of debt and teach you the way. If you believe and receive, when you pray, you shall have I'm going to heal your body. If you believe and receive, when you pray, you shall have I'm going to raise you up and send you into the harvest field. If you believe and receive, when you pray, you shall have it. Somebody give him praise. Oh, my God. Uh, see, Elijah has the revelation that it has been settled in eternity. Just waiting to be manifested in time. His, um, he, he, has a, he said, God already said it, man. And God can't lie. God ain't like folks. People will lie to you in a second. <laughs> Tell you a lot, right? Look right at you, but not God. He said, No. He says, it's, it's already been settled. So he falls down, and what he does, he pushes out deliverance for an entire nation. So what God puts inside of you isn't for you, it's not for you, it's never about you, it's about God being glorified. It's about souls being saved. It's about God using you to minister to the needs of others. Inside, I hear rain. Because God says at first at the beginning in the spirit before it can become a thing. And God has things for you. Church, I'm telling this, things for you. But God says until you get to a place where you can receive it in your fall down on your knees and pray for it. You'll never experience it. You'll just be a religious church goer. But let me tell you something about us. Let me tell you. 2014, God wants to yield this, this year. He wants people to come up on this stage right here and testify of the new things that he's doing in their lives. <laughs> you know what, man? God, God, God put some stuff in my spirit and he's birthed it in my life. He saved my children. He's raised me. He's using my life. He told me he was going to do it. If you believe and receive when you pray, you shall have it. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Thank you for your patience. I don't want to keep you long. Thank you.